Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. It is Friday, January 21 of 2022. We've made it through another week. And this is episode number 153. And we're going to talk about something today that you hear from time to time, and that is the rule of threes. And we're going to apply that in a few other ways other than just the equipment and things that we talk about. You sometimes hear the saying, two is one and one is none. And if you only have one and it fails, you have none. The rule of threes is generally applied to three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, or three weeks without food. But understand this, the rule of threes is about priorities, not importance. See, three days without water kills you just as dead as three minutes without air. Also, in three seconds, you can die. You can die of a gunshot wound, stab wounds. You can fall from height. You can die of strangulation. You can die of major bleeding, particularly arterial bleeding. Now, it may take a little longer than three seconds, but you know where we're coming from here. And this is a good reason for us to be carrying a tourniquet, to know how to put that tourniquet on. It's a good thing for us to understand pressure points to stop bleeding and for us to take a stop-the-bleed class. Now we move to three minutes without air. That can be drowning. It can be suffocation. It can be smoke or chemical agents. And then we move to three minutes without shelter. Now there's no guarantee that you're going to make it for three hours without shelter. And particularly in freezing water, hypothermia may kill you in less than three hours. I know in some of the fishing boats where they are up in the very, very cold water, they talk about if they go into the water, they, they're dead within 30 minutes if they're exposed uh, in those conditions. But we also want to be aware that exposure to the elements can cause us to die in a short period of time, particularly hypothermia, but also from sunstroke. Then we move to three days without water. Now, before that three days is up, we're going to encounter mental fogginess long before that three days is up. We're going to begin to lose our ability to think or reason or make good decisions. And we've all seen this in dehydration issues with folks when we get sick, when when we don't drink enough water, and we begin to have that mental fogginess. And then we go into the three weeks without food, and we lose the ability to perform tasks that require strenuous activities, and we lose the ability to make good decisions. Now, let's talk about applying rule of threes to preparedness. And I look at it this way. I want three ways to start a fire. 
if I'm carrying my bag, uh, my EDC bag, if I'm carrying my get-home bag, I always have three ways to start a fire. My first and go-to is a butane lighter. It's easy, it's simple, and you can purchase the disposable butane lighters for not a whole lot of money. Now, we definitely recommend that you, when it comes to the butane lighters, you either go with like a Bic or a Scripto. Go with the name brand. Don't go with the five for a dollar at the dollar store. Uh, They do tend to give out quite easily. But in addition to our butane lighters, we carry matches. And I have several packs of matches. A couple of those are waterproof matches. And also carry a ferro rod in each of our bags. Now, using a bow drill or a friction fire or flint and steel can be difficult and it requires skill and practice. They're good skills to have, don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to be one out depending on a bow and a drill to be able to start a fire when I can reach in my pocket and pull out a butane lighter or reach into the bag and pull out a box of matches. So have three ways to start a fire. And here I'm not necessarily talking about to carry with you all the time. I'm just talking about these are some things to think through. Now, we need three ways to have clean drinking water. The first, obviously, is to store water. Uh, We're told that we need to store one gallon per person per day. That can become a large amount of water. So we need additional ways that we can have clean drinking water. One of those is a personal water filter, something like a... Sawyer Mini or a Life Straw that you can actually drink from a mud hole with that. You can also filter it and boil it. And by filter here, I'm talking about using a piece of cloth, using a coffee filter, using a bandana or a handkerchief. And what we're after is to filter out the big chunks, the chewy stuff. And when we get it down to just where we filtered out all the trash, then we want to boil that water for several minutes at a rolling boil to be able to make it safe for us to drink. And another way is to carry purification tablets. And you can drop these into a quart of water and give it about 30 minutes and it purifies that water. Moving on to our next three ways is three ways to prepare food. Now, one easy one is to carry no cooking required foods. This is great when it comes to things like uh, nuts, when it comes to jerky, when it comes to different prepackaged no cooking required foods to snack on. But you can also have MREs, meals ready to eat. You can carry those. Those don't necessarily require cooking. You can carry power bars, granola bars. You can also eat cold canned stews, chili, or creamed soups. I know it doesn't sound great to eat that cold, but it can be done. Now, we can also use a camp stove, and those come in various varieties and sizes. Our son-in-law has a four-burner. We have a two-burner, and ours is propane, but they also are available in butane. And you can also get the old Coleman stove white gas pump-up type that you can put the Coleman fuel in and be able to cook your food with that. You can also consider a grill. That grill could be charcoal, it could be natural gas, it could be propane. But don't overlook your grill as one of the ways that you can cook food. 
and having an open fire. Now this works great using cast iron. And if you're not using cast iron, you may want to have dedicated pots and pans that you use for this. And one thing that I found in disaster relief that when it comes to cleaning up the bottoms and sides of those pots when they get black on top of that fire is before you put it on the fire, put dishwashing liquid on the bottom and the sides of that that pot and put it on very, very heavy and it makes it so much easier to get that soot off of the side of the pots and pans. Now we also like three ways for emergency lighting. First and obviously is flashlights. We carry battery operated flashlights, usually have at least one on my person. We also have battery operated lanterns that we can just flip a switch and turn on and we have light in the house if the, if the power goes out. For outside or for larger areas, we have propane lanterns that we can fire up and they put off a lot of light and they also put out a good bit of heat. Now, in the house, you can use kerosene lamps, these decorative kerosene lamps. They make a good way to be able to have light, especially in a small area. And then finally, candles. Have candles around that you can light, but be very, very careful with those, especially around kids and pets. Now, here's one. Three ways to stay warm. Now, this is going to sound funny, but your regular heating system, that's number one. That's our go-to. Secondly, is an auxiliary heating system of some type, indoor safe propane heater. We have the Mr. Heater Big Buddy. You can also go with a wall-mounted heater that's available in natural gas or in propane. But you can also get indoor safe kerosene heaters. You can use a wood-burning stove or a fireplace. But if you're going to have any type of an open flame heater, you do need to have a carbon monoxide detector just to protect yourself. Now, when it comes to staying warm, we can also pile on the blankets. We can get in the sleeping bags. We can layer our clothing and just find more ways to be able to stay warm. Now, if we're looking at a get-home bag, get-home bag situation, uh, where we're having to get home from some place, you want to consider having three ways to have shelter. One of those is to have a sleeping bag you can get into. You can carry emergency blankets to get under. You can carry a small tarp to build a A-frame tent or a pup tent. You can learn to build a debris shelter. That's one way that you can do that. Or if necessary, you can find a cave or an outcropping in the rocks and be able to get under that. Now we're talking about our food. Now this is whether we're at home or whether we're on the road. Three ways to open cans. Don't forget that electric can opener is not going to work if the power goes out. And so you need multiple manual can openers. And it's okay to get the cheap ones for barter to have as backup, but I would invest in at least one or two good quality manual can openers to have in case we have an extended period down. You can also use the P38 military can openers. Those work real well on opening cans. You need some strength in your hands, but it can be done very easily. You can use a multi-tool. Mine, all of my multi-tools have a can opener on those. 
And if it means eating versus not eating, I'll use a fixed blade to punch out the lid to be able to, to get that open and get into the contents. And I've never done this, but I've, I've seen video of it, of scraping that can on the concrete and being able to remove that top. You wear away part of the metal on the top and then you're able to remove that. Finally, three ways to protect yourself or your property. One is to have some deterrent measures. Now that can be the way we set up our landscaping and our lighting. It might be that we have animals around that make a lot of noise if someone's coming around, start barking or quacking or whatever. But you can also have alarms that will give deterrence to people invading your property. And then think about defensive measures. When it comes to defensive measures, you can use blunt objects, you can use clubs, you can put a rock in a sock, you can use a piece of chain, you can use bladed weapons, a machete, a fixed blade, or a folder knife, uh, whatever. But think about some defensive measures. How will you protect yourself if the stuff hits the fan and we find ourselves in that situation. Hopefully we have just touched on some things for you to think about today, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you haven't done this already, go ahead and click the subscribe button so you'll never miss one of our episodes, and share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.